welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. Uh, I'm just going to give you fair warning. Just buckle up for safety right now. I'm literally like, buckle up for safety right now because I'm feeling a little fiery. I'm feeling a little passionate about what I want to talk about today. I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet what I'm going to call this sucker. So first of all, I want to say to the people who are listening who might be new here, like if this is your first episode that you're listening to or whatever, I want to say, I swear, I swear to God, I'm actually a nice person. <laughs> oh my God. No, I mean, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Whether you are a, an old timer, an old loyal listener, or you're new to the show, I always appreciate getting to spend a little time together. So thank you so much for that. But no, I, it's just because I don't want people to think that I'm coming across aggressively, but I am going to be a little passionate. I'm not going to lie because there's something that's been kind of on my mind and um, there might actually end up being two episodes that come out of this <laughs> because something I'm going to mention on this episode, I want to do a whole show about, but here's what I'm thinking. I might call this episode, watch your mouth, <laughs> watch your mouth which I think is an improvement upon my original choice of a title, which is people say stupid shit. <laughs> so I thought, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth could also apply to like watch your hands, meaning because um, people type a lot of nonsense these days. They don't just say it. Uh, but this this saying, hold on, I got to take I got to take a swig. Hold on one second. OK, and we're back. This saying, I remember being a kid growing up in Lawrence, Mass. And sometimes when you were a kid, like I, I often jokingly say that the, you know, uh, even I say it jokingly, but I actually mean it, but that even the the language of our childhood was violent. You know, so a lot of people who grew up as mass holes, <laughs> hashtag mass holes, grew up in Lawrence, Merrimack Valley, Boston, whatever, you know, uh, sometimes we get a little, we get a little fresh, we get a little fresh, we get a little, little free, we're a little free with our opinions, a little free with our commentary. You know what I mean? Sometimes as a kid, you might drop something to somebody a little older than you and they'd look at you and they'd be like, Hey, watch your mouth, right? Like who the fuck, who do you think you're talking to kid? Watch your mouth type of a thing. So it got me to thinking about this, the ways that we need to watch our mouth. Now I have talked a lot. I've talked a lot about you know, watching your mind and your mouth like a hawk, uh, especially when it's in terms of how you're talking to yourself, right? So when we're on this journey or this quest of self-love and self-healing, self-worth, self-value, self-esteem, the whole thing, so many of the things that come, right, with, um, with, 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 with the, um, 
personal work or spiritual work or development or whatever, right? It's wicked important that we're mindful of the ways that we talk to ourselves in our, in our own heads and the stories we tell ourselves, et cetera. But what I want to focus on today is the shit that people say to each other, the ways that we talk to each other, especially around a particular thing. Okay, I'm going to make my point. So I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in hot <laughs> with, with a book I'm going to show you in a second. Um, this is not um, necessarily the inspiration for this podcast, meaning the podcast idea came to me after something I read on my own social medias of something, a comment that somebody made to me, but it made me think of my friend's book that I want to share with you. Um, so I might, I might start, I might start uh, with uh, what, what actually happened. Okay. So here's the thing that I think happens sometimes, especially with social media. Everybody thinks they have a platform now. Everybody thinks they should have a podcast, but most people, not everybody, I know a handful of people who have never been on social media. Um, one of them is my friend, Andre Debuse III. So even though he has a Facebook page, he's never been on it. He doesn't run it. <laughs> so, but um, most people have a page of some kind or they have a platform of some kind. And whether that's an email list or an Instagram page or a TikTok or a podcast or whatever it is, everybody's got something to say about something these days, right? Hey, myself included, right? I have an email list. I have a podcast. I have a variety of social media things. And some of us have blogs, whatever. There's a thousand ways to let people know what you think. And that's fine. That's fine. Freedom of speech. You want to say your, you want to say what you want to say, great. But you do have a responsibility for what comes out of your mouth. There are consequences, consequences for the shit that comes out of your mouth. And here's the interesting thing. You might not always be aware of those consequences because all of a sudden somebody just might decide to stop talking to you or stop following you or not want to be friends anymore, or stop taking your calls, right? And it might not become apparent to you until a few months later, or a year later, or whatever the thing is, when they hit unsubscribe, or they hit uh, unfriend, or they remove you from their contact list, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes we're not aware um, of the effect that our communication style or the words that are coming out of our mouth or the words that we're typing right in a comment section or in a response or apply or whatever, um, how it's landing for the other person. They might not feel the need to publicly call you out. They just might do what I call, they just might slowly just kind of, I'm doing this little moonwalking thing with my fingers. They might just slowly kind of moonwalk out of the room without alerting you, without sending you a little, uh, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm over this, right? So I did a post. So yearly, many of you know, most of you who are my uh, loyal listeners have been around the block with me a few times. You know that in May, you've heard me talk about this before, in the month of May, there's a lot of stuff that kind of circulates around my mom, okay? So there's like the anniversary of her death on May 7th, and then usually Mother's Day falls in there somewhere, usually around May 10th or whatever, whatever that Sunday is. Then her birthday's on May 14th, et cetera, et cetera. So this year, it just so happened that um, my mother's birthday and Mother's Day were on the same day. So I did a little post about it. You know, I like I, I am a firm believer in saying the names of our dead. Um, I do not look at it like, oh, my God, aren't you over it yet? Like, how are you? I'm not into rushing people's grieving process. Right. I think that um, that 
one of the greatest things we can do for ourselves, for our family members and for our dead is to keep their memories alive, to tell stories about them, to talk about them, right? To not just kind of remove them from the planet. And there's that old saying, you know, that says something like you die twice, once when you actually physically die. And then the last time somebody says your name. So I really believe that it's important that we honor our dead. We talk about our dead um, and we keep their spirit alive in some way. So, you know, around this, this time of year in May, I like to talk about my mother, tell some stories, what I'm reflecting on, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. So I did a post, okay, on Mother's Day. It's a picture of my mother. And I, you know, just kind of share about her, uh, the loss. And for those of you who might be new to the show, uh, you know, I lost my mother when I was 12 years old. My mother was murdered. She was beaten to death. And of course, it, you know, that was a tragic and awful thing that happened. And it's also um, one of the main catalysts of why I do the work that I do today and who I have become as a human being today. So it's a pretty significant thing in my life. And anybody who knows me knows that I love my mother, even though she's no longer physically in form. Uh, I was still, you know, I was at that young age where I was, uh, wasn't was annoyed with her yet <laughs> as a teenager, right? I was still googly-eyed about my mother. She was she was the sun to my solar system, right? She was the, the sun in my universe. So, okay, I do this post. You know, in 90, like 99, 98% of the time, people say the most lovely things. They, they leave little comments. People who knew and loved my mother are also commenting. So you can imagine this post that I do. Family members are talking like, oh, I miss Patty. I miss her so much. I miss your mom. She was the best. I love her too. A lot of back and forth of lovely, lovely comments. And then I see this one comment. And I'm thinking to myself, when I read, I, I, so let, me, let me just tell you, you can form your own opinion. I'll just say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you what the whole comment said, but I'm gonna tell you what the first sentence says. And then you can decide how you feel about it. Dear, dear listener, okay? So my mother, my mother is 33 years old, 33 years old. I am now about to be double nickels in October. I'm going to be 55. I am about to be like 22 years older than my mother was when, when she was killed. And some part of my brain, like can't even fathom that. Like some part of my brain, like I look back at me at 33 and I look at some of my friends right? Who are around that age or like, you know, in, in their thirties. And I think, oh my God, my mother was such a baby. She was so young. She was so young when she died. Like, holy shit. You know, I have that thought like, man, she didn't even have time to fully grow into herself. Anyways, here's my point. I do this beautiful post about my mother, or at least it's beautiful to me. It's important to me, right? Put it out in the, on the interwebs, which you're immediately setting yourself up for somebody to be a knucklehead. Okay, and then somebody writes this as their first opening line. Sometimes I think that going young is the way. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus Christ on a cracker, help us all. Sometimes I think that going young is the way. And then they launch into their own personalized story about their own mother or whatever. So it has nothing to do with me. Um, but as soon as I heard that, did I get pissed? I don't so much get pissed as I get like, because the way that my brain works, I kind of find humor in a lot of things, but I feel, I feel that part of me, which I have named Vicky with two K's from Lawrence immediately grab the mic. <laughs> she grabs the mic that belongs in my head. 
I don't let her grab the mic that is often in my hand when I'm doing the podcast, but I will tell you what she had to say. So this is voice that I use sometimes when, when I'm, when I'm kind of being funny now. And, and so literally, this, so I read this comment. Sometimes I think that going young is the way. And I think this is what I hear in my head. Oh, oh, is it? Oh, really? Do you think that my dead murdered mother feels that way? Do you, do you think that my 33 year old mother who died feels like that going young was the way? Is that what you think? And I'm just really blown away by the lack of awareness and compassion and empathy. Like, like, like as you were typing this out, like that sounded good to you. Like that, that, that sounded like a, a sane and sound thing to say to somebody who just wrote this whole thing on her mother's birthday and on her mother's on mother's day about her dead mother. Like sometimes I think that going young is the way I'm like, holy shit. But here's the great thing about me. One of the other thoughts I think is, ooh, this is going to be this is going to be good content. <laughs> you can't fuck with us writers, man. You can't fuck with us writers and podcasters and creative people because we're looking around us all the time and going, ooh, I'm going to take that and use that in my book, in my story, on my podcast, whatever. So thank you on some level to the person who, who wrote that to me because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to borrow that and do a whole podcast about it. Number one. And then I hear that and I think to myself, wow, what a lack of fucking awareness. And then we're going to, and then, and then double down by then launching into something about your own situation, making it all about you. Now look, and I'm going to do a whole separate episode about this. Okay. Because it happens enough and I see it enough online uh, and I got some thoughts about it. And people, and white people in particular, holy Jesus, do we love to center ourselves? People love to center themselves, especially on social media where there's no real conversation happening, meaning it's not happening in real time face to face. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was about you. I thought this was a post about my mother. <laughs> and it's not that we cannot share stories that overlap because God, do I know in my younger years that I could center myself like a motherfucker. Like I get it. I can look back now and just clearly and painfully see how my desire to connect could have been misconstrued as a lot of centering and how I am sure that there were times that I did it in a really clumsy way, but we're saving that for another podcast. But that was like doubling down on that. Okay. But when I read this comment, it reminds me of something else that somebody said once, like a year ago, a couple of years ago. I don't even remember how long ago it was, but here's what's interesting. I remember the comment. Doesn't even matter how long ago it was, but it was at least a year ago. And I still remember the comment again. It was in May. It was on a post I did about my dead mother, <laughs> right? Her being whatever it was. Cause I, I don't just say, when you say, oh, my mother died when I was 12. People often think like, oh, cancer <laughs> or, oh, whatever. And not that those things aren't also awful and tragic and leave a mark because of course, because on some level, I don't care how old you are when your mother dies, losing your mother is painful. It is searing. It is a, it is a loss in some ways 
um, that, um, and I think, and, and I'm not making it special, right? I'm not saying it's the worst kind of loss or, you know, you'll ne- I don't mean that, but I think there's something about the, the being who carried you for nine years and not always, but in a lot of cases, loved you so deeply that when that person who brought you into the world and, and, and witnessed you, in a lot of cases, loved you, not all mothers do this, of course, or do it well, but there is a there is a particular kind of, I think, um, I don't know, there's a cellular kind of thing that I think happens when you think, oh my God, my mother is dead. Again, I'm not making it a special kind of loss. I think we grieve, you know, we all grieve in um, in our own ways. And I don't think, you know, because some people will try to tell you, well, this loss is way worse. And I understand what's happening, but I just want to say, I'm not trying to make mother loss super special, but I do think that there is something about it um, that a lot of people lose their way when their mothers are gone. Okay. Now I want to come back to the other thing. So uh, another, whenever it was a year ago, two years ago, whatever it was, again, in May, do a post to honor my mom, talk about my mother, mention that, you know, she's been murdered, whatever the thing is, because that's an important part of my mother's story. Um, it's one of the reasons why I'm also, you know, writing a memoir, writing a book about it. Um, and I'll never forget somebody saying again, first line, they type, I think your mother lived as long as she needed to live. Uh, if you can't see me right now, I'm literally just kind of grabbing my face with my fingers and like trying to like practically gouge my eyeballs out with my own fingers. Like you guys. I think your mother lived as long as she needed to live. (laughs) So here's the thing. (sighs) Now, I think sometimes people think that they can say that shit to me because I am a certified spiritual mentor. That I'm a spiritual mentor, that I've been in yoga for 20 gazillion years, that I'm a Course in Miracles student for 30, whatever. I think people like to come at me with their spiritual mumbo jumbo and they think I'm going to be like, yeah, I agree with you. I'm down with that. We're not these bodies, right? We're spirit. Like, yeah, yes. And, and, right? Can we please be mindful? Like, watch your mouth, man. Watch your mouth. Watch your thoughts. Watch the things that you're typing, because to me that that you know when you when you type something and you put it out into the world in that way that, that now now your words have become your mouth right you're you're saying something with your words whether they were typed or verbal i think your mother you know lived as long as she needed to oh 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 really really do you think my 33 year old beaten to death mother feels that way do you think that 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 some part of me thinks like oh yeah 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 i had it for 12 years that was Plenty of time. That was plenty of time. Thank you so much for sharing your opinion, oh wise one. And here's where so many spiritual people get it wrong. Just because you believe that, just because that's in alignment with your faith tradition, your religion, your thought system, it doesn't mean the rest of us might agree with you. And I know what she was trying to say. I know what this person was trying to say. And let me be clear, even with my own two examples, I don't think people are being malicious. I don't think they're trying 
to be mean? I just don't think they're thinking at all. They're certainly not thinking about how I'm going to receive their little nugget of opinion. You know what I'm saying? Now, thank Christ that I have some experience in my own uh, spirituality, my own belief system, that um, I don't get knocked too sideways with people trying to come at me with their mumbo jumbo. You know what I mean? I'm like, I see it and I just go, oh, Oh, really? Is that what you think? That's so interesting. Like Vicky, Vicky's like, give me the mic, give me the keyboard. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. But I do want to say this. Uh, it reminds me, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how it points to this book in my hand in a second. Why I think everybody should read this book. I, I, across the board, I think everybody should read the book that I'm going to tell you about. But I want to say this. I don't think people are being malicious. I just don't think they're thinking at all when they say stupid shit like that. And it reminds me of something that, um, you guys, I'm so sorry. I'm so thirsty right now. Reminds me of something that Marianne Williamson used to say. She told me this story one time about a friend who had really hurt her or betrayed her or whatever it was. I don't remember the details. I do remember the thing that she said, though. I remember the thing that Marianne said so the friend did something uncool right that, that hurt her and i don't know if it hurt her in her feelings financially i don't know what kind of a situation it was but the friend at some point when marianne spoke up and said something to her the friend responded back i didn't mean to hurt you and marianne responded back yeah but you didn't mean to love me either meaning you didn't make an attempt to be loving towards me either. And that's what I think about when I think about these kinds of comments. Now, granted, people are sometimes incredibly awkward around grief, around death, around loss, around situations that they themselves have not experienced yet. So they have no somatic experience of that, like a particular kind of loss. Um, I see it a lot of times when people who have never lost somebody they loved, like a parent or a sibling or a child or whatever, like sometimes, you know, maybe their grandpa or somebody, somebody who was really old and, you know, in our, in our timeline of humanness, like I, I, I talked to somebody yesterday and um, she said that her grandmother had died and I gave her a hug and I said, I'm so sorry. Um, and and, you know, but the, and I don't, I'm not saying, but like, oh, so this lessens it, but the grandmother was like either 93 or 95. So come on, like the grandmother lived like a nice, full, long life around her family. She was loved. Uh, and so like at 93, 95, we're kind of like expecting that that's the natural progression of the body falling away. Still doesn't mean that it's not emotionally, um, you know, leaves a mark or impactful, especially if people had an incredible relationship with their grandmother or their person, right? Um, but where was I going with that? Oh, uh, okay. I don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but let me, let me come back to the whole thing about, about the spirituality thing. Okay. Oh, I know what I was saying. Yeah. About grief. Thank you. Thank you. Spiritual team on the job. S T O T J. Um, 
So, you know, people are sometimes like, okay, yeah, I lost my granny, but we were expecting it and she was old or whatever. But when there's been usually sometimes of, of like a traumatic loss or an unexpected or a brutal or graphic or violent or just like, tra you know, like a, a tragedy, a lot of times people don't know what to say. And then they'll say something like this. And this is a caveat. I'm taking a little, I'm taking a little, a little, uh, I'm, I'm just taking a little run out for a little bit here. They'll say something like, there are no words. When people say to a grieving person, P.S., take notes, take notes. When people say to a grieving person, there are no words, what they're basically doing is shutting down any possibility for conversation. Because while they think that they're just saying out loud, I don't know what to say. What they're also saying to the person who is experiencing the loss and the grief and the tragedy is that there are no words. So you don't really get to speak them either. They're not thinking that that's what that means. But when a, when a person hears there's just no words, the other person who's on the receiving end of that comment tends to get quiet. And I can tell you from my own personal experience and for talking to hundreds, hundreds of people, if not thousands of people over the years as a yoga teacher, as somebody who um, does transformational retreats and uh, creates containers and spaces for people to talk about loss and grief and suffering. Um, once in a while, you have somebody who's not ready to talk about it yet. Or every time they go to talk about it, they break down. So they feel like they, they don't feel safe enough yet in their nervous system to like talk about it. But most people want to talk about their dead. Most people want you to bring them up. Now, I'm not saying right after a loss. I, I, I'm not, but what I'm saying is so many people have said to me, you know, it's like they just don't want me to bring it up or talk about it. They just want me to hurry up and get over it and move on. So we have to be really mindful about the things we're saying to people, like watch your mouth, watch your hands, watch, watch what's the key, the old keyboard warriors are up to be mindful of the shit that you say to people and don't assume that they follow your same, um, religion or belief system. Like you might believe in reincarnation. Great. You might believe that, um, oh, God called this person home. And the other person is like, but I didn't want that person to quote unquote go home. I wanted them here with me. And we say these things without thinking about the consequences of how they might land for the other person. And God bless grieving people for how much grace they extend to the stupid people. <laughs> God bless. I have no doubt that at some point I have been one of them. In fact, I have a story just brought to mind. So many, 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 many years ago, I had a yoga student that I adored, that I loved. She was a total peach. She was really quiet. Uh, she was a little bit older than me. She was a mom. She was a, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't remember the age difference between us, but she was older than me. And she was a consistent and ongoing student. And then at some point I realized that she wasn't coming as much. 
And then um, I um, found out, I think it was from her husband or somebody that she had passed away. And it was like a, it was like a punch to the stomach. And later, shortly after, I saw her daughter somewhere. And I asked the, um, now from my point of view, and this, this kind of just makes my whole point. Um, from my point of view, I was trying to be kind and compassionate. And I'm not saying I understood what her loss was as losing a mother, but I understand what it's like to lose a mom. Um, and so I said to this young woman, as I was reaching out to put my hand on her arm, like, how are you doing? You know, how when you ask somebody, how are you holding up? Right? Like, how are you doing? And as I reached out and I started to say those words before I could finish my sentence, she heard, how are you? And she blew up. And this was in a, in a, a group of people. She blew up and she yelled and she was like, my mother's dead. How do you think I'm doing? And I was just like, Whoa. because I felt myself want to get ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I felt stupid. Like I could feel my whole body contract and pull back because I, I realized that my words were um, taken in a way that did not land in a helpful way, even though that's not what, you know, I was, you know, trying to extend and maybe it wasn't the best, you know, I could have led with just giving her a hug and saying, I miss her too, whatever. There's probably a thousand things I could have said better. Cause it's like, yeah, how do you think I'm doing? My mother's dead. Right. So I got it. I understood where she was coming from, but I think this person uh, also knew my hat and knew that I would never try to say anything harmful on purpose. And the, and the, the way that story ends though, actually is, is years after that, like years after that, we were both in the same place at the same time. And she came over to me and she had remembered saying it to me and she apologized to me. And it was a really beautiful, healing, full circle moment. And it actually meant a lot to me because um, I felt so bad that she thought that I was so clumsy with her grief and it was not my intention. So we had that beautiful moment and we actually got to sit together and talk and, you know, we held hands across the table and we gave each other a big hug and it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. But we don't always get those opportunities. So this is why we have to be vigilant. We have to watch our minds like hawks. We have to watch our mouths like hawks. We have to be mindful of what we're saying, which leads me to um, the book that I want to tell you guys about. So this is a book called Comfort. C-O-M-F-O-R-T, Comfort. It's called A Journey Through Grief. And it's by one of my uh, beautiful and brilliant friends, Anne Hood. So this book is about um, Anne's five-year-old daughter, Gracie Bell. So Grace, her, her five-year-old daughter, Grace. And Grace died su suddenly, unexpectedly, from a virulent, I think virul virulent or virulent, I'm not sure how to say that word correctly, form of strep throat. And it happened so immediately and without warning and so quickly. And of course, as you can imagine, um, she was stunned and devastated and she couldn't, she couldn't read for a long time. She couldn't write for a long time. Um, and so this is one of the most beautiful books. And I'm not going to lie, you get some tissues because you're going to, you're going to cry through this suck. It's called comfort. But why I'm sharing this book with you guys is this is um, the, the book opens 
with basically all the things that people say to her after her daughter has died. And they think that they're offering comfort, right? They think that they're saying shit that somehow is going to be helpful. And I just want to share with you, I'm going to pop around. I'm going to pop around these first few pages and I'm going to um, just read some little snippets. This is in the prologue, okay? And it starts, it starts with like prologue and it says right there, comfort. The first thing, this is it. Time heals. She is in a better place. She is still with you. You should walk every day. You should write this down. You should go to church. You should go to therapy, to the cemetery. These things will help you. There is a heaven and you will see her again there. You're not dreaming about her because you are closed to possibility. Time heals. Once you have lived through all the first, it will get better. Are you writing down how you feel? The images of those hours in the hospital, of the doctor's face telling you Grace was not going to make it, the rushing of nurses' feet with vials of her blood, the voice on the intercom announcing that Grace was in cardiac arrest, the way they made you wait outside the room, your face pressed against the glass, the sounds of your screams, all of this will fade. She is with you. She is a rainbow in the sky. She is the butterfly in your garden. She is the cardinal in the mimosa tree. Take Benadryl, Ambien, Xanax, Zoloft, Prozac, Dr. Bach's rescue remedy, smoke pot, drink wine, warm milk, single malt scotch. Go to grief groups and listen to other parents tell you how they lost their children. Then you will know you're not alone. God loves you. God only gives us what we can bear. You're not trying hard enough. She's in a better place. You need to get out of bed, off the sofa, out of the house. Grace is sending you white feathers, heart-shaped stones, pennies from heaven. Here's a book about Holocaust survivors. Did you know that Winston Churchill, Abraham Lincoln, Mark Twain all lost children? Grace would not like you to be this way. You need to give her clothes to unfortunate children. You will see. Time heals. And et cetera, et cetera. So if you stayed with me this long, you may or may not recognize something in those words that maybe also have fallen out of your own mouth. Some things that you said in your desire. Again, I don't think people are malicious and they're trying to be mean. I just don't think they're thinking at all. And so I think in my case, again, I can't, I can't say it enough, you guys. Get this book, Comfort. Ann Hood. A-N-N-H-O-O-D is the author. Um, I think that with me, because of my spiritual background, do I believe that my mother is still with me? Yes. Do I believe that, um, you know, all kinds of things? <laughs> yes. 
Did I want to hear them right after my mother died? No. Do I still want to hear your opinions? Like, uh, you know, like how 81 she died. So, I mean, think about how long it's been. 42 some odd years, maybe. I still think you have to be mindful about the shit that you say to people when they're talking about their dead. Because just because you think, like when people say that all the time, oh, God just called her home. I'm like, what? I wasn't done with her yet. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And you know me. Me, me and the divine, we're tight. But please don't speak on behalf of him. Don't think about, like, you got to think about the things that you're saying. So I just invite us all, myself included, to slow the fuck down. Especially when we are dealing with other people's experiences. They may not be somebody who believes that there's an afterlife. They may not be somebody who believes that, um, you know, only the good die young or, you know, she lived long enough or I think the way to go is young. Oh, really? Oh, really? Is that what you think? You know what I'm saying? And it might sound like I'm agitated on my own behalf, but as a teacher, as a spiritual teacher, I'm more annoyed. It's not about, like, I'm fine. I mean, when I say that, I mean, like, I didn't cry. I, I mean, I actually laughed. Like, I grabbed my head and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then I was like, sweetie, get this. And I read it to him. And he's like, What's, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> and then when I told my, like, my best friend, she's like, she was speechless. She was like, what am I hearing right now? And she's like, you're kidding. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to read these things verbatim to you. And I'm like, and it's not the first time that's happened. We as a society are really not comfortable with death and loss and grief and the communications, how to communicate with people when they're in that deeply vulnerable, raw state. And it's our own discomfort that makes us try to like, make other people comfortable, but really who we're trying to soothe and comfort a lot of times is ourselves. So it would behoove us to slow down, to really consider who we're talking to, about what we're talking about, and maybe there's a better way to express what's in your heart. Watch your mouth. Because the impact, you know, it's interesting. Like I said, you may not always know the effect. Your words can be causal and they have an effect. And I, I tell my clients this sometimes, you know, because yeah, you know what? Being human, it's like the fucking forgiveness Olympics. We are going to be clumsy sometimes without meaning to. It's just, it's just facts. It's just facts. So There'll be times when we need to make amends. There'll be times when we need to make apologies. And there'll be times when they won't be accepted. People will say, I do not accept your apology, and they don't want them. They're done. They're done. So I talk to my clients sometimes about this, this analogy, this story. So imagine you're in the backyard and you're building a fence. And uh, to, to, to get the fence to stand up on the posts and stuff, you know, you have the, you have the posts that go, horizontal and then you have the actual post 
and spigots, you know, the top, the, the thingies, the pointy pieces that, that go across vertically. And you hammer those suckers in. Now imagine the size of the nails that you, you're using, right? These big, big, big pieces of metal that you are hammering into this tender piece of wood. And so let's say you decided to like say something, you know, think about it this way. You're about to say something. It's kind of like hammering one of those nails into the vulnerable piece of wood, right? And then you find out like, oh, that's not where that nail went. And you got to pull it out. Now, the size of the nail, right? Even though we're removing it, and this is like a verbal apology, you say the thing and then you try to take it back by apologizing or explaining yourself or saying, I didn't mean it, I'm sorry. And you extract that nail out, but it's still left a pretty big fucking hole. So we can take it back, we can apologize, but sometimes, it's going to leave a permanent mark. Now, somebody might be in a really vulnerable state and totally misunderstand what you're saying. Yes, those cases, there's possibilities all the way around. There are nuances to everything. Note to self, I want to do a whole podcast about nuances. But what I want to say, you guys, is this. Wouldn't it be better if we could just do our best to not have to ask for forgiveness and to not have to apologize for the stuff that comes out of our mouths when we weren't thinking at all? about the other person. So that's what I have to say about this for today and for now. Um, and remember, everything that I say is for my ears too, right? I am talking to versions of me as well uh, to really be mindful of the stuff that comes out of my mouth. Um, so I hope something that I shared today has not... I hope it's landed in a way that you can receive it where you're not feeling shame or you're not feeling blamed or guilty or whatever, that you're just hearing this and you're understanding like, yeah, there have been times when we've all been a little clumsy, but the way that we, 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 we heal that, right, is we, we start being better going forward because the future is always available in the present moment. In the present moment, we get to decide who we're going to be, how we're going to be, how we're going to speak. And may our thoughts, our words, and our actions be guided by something smarter and more kind and compassionate than us, right? But we got to do our part and be mindful and be aware and understand what we're about to say and how it might land for somebody else. So... I don't, you know, this is why I said, hey, it's going to feel like I'm coming in a little aggressively, but I'm just being passionate about it because I think that communication, like words can be used as a weapon. And words can also build people up with so much love. It's unbelievable. So be mindful of how you are wielding the power of your words. And with that, um, is there anything else I want to say? Yeah, if you're not if you're not on my email list yet, I would love for you if you're somebody who listens to this show, um, and you haven't signed up yet. I'm really curious why. Number one, I wish you could just tell me. I wish you guys could just call in. I wish I had a phone and you guys could call in and we could have a chat. I would love to do an episode like that. By the way, where you guys send me questions and then I answer them. I answer them in response on a podcast. 
So if you're ever hip for that, I'm going to think about how I can do that. But I guess I could just start right here. But with, but saying, if you're a loyal listener and you have a question, uh, email it to me. Get on my email list, number one. Just go to com slash backslash sign up to get on my email list. But then also either shoot me a DM, right? Instagram, Facebook, I'm just at Karen Kenny Live, L-I-V-E. Um, or you can shoot me an email, Karen at KarenKenny.com. Um, and I will, uh, I would love to gather a few questions that then I will do my best to answer uh, during a show or something like that. That might be kind of fun since I don't know how to do call-in technology. I don't have an assistant. <laughs> oh my God. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Wherever you go, man, just leave yourself and everybody else better. You know, better off for you being there. May your presence be a gift to them. May it be a blessing to them. Uh, wherever you go, may you just kind of um, leave little little uh, breadcrumb trails of love. That's it. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.